0: Welcome to Cuyamaca Sessions. Cuyamaca Sessions is a podcast produced by the students in the Music Industry Studies Program at Cuyamaca College in El Cajon, California. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm the chair of the Performing Arts Department at Cuyamaca College. This is actually our first episode of the show, and for this episode, I will be interviewing a San Diego-based jazz pianist named Rika Parker. Welcome, Rika.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, so let's start. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What What do you do? What's your What's your story?
1: Um, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I uh, I'm Hungarian originally. Um, and well, I
0: mean, you're still Hungarian, like I'm that's here. where you were born and all that stuff, right? <laughs> true, okay. true.
1: However, I am a U.S. citizen, so. Um, I uh, uh, started with uh, classical music, which is pretty mainstream there. Jazz was still kind of in, uh, on the periphery when uh, I became interested in it. And uh, I did go to a classical conservatory, um, the Bela Bartok um, conservatory uh, was kind of a, an extension of that. It was the Franz Liszt Academy of Music, which where uh, I took some classes part-time, and then I would go over to the uh, jazz conservatory to audit some classes. Following that, I came to the state uh, States and uh, attended Berkeley College of Music for my undergrad. And then, all the way across, I came to San Diego, where uh I got my master's at San Diego State in jazz studies. So that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) Okay,
0: so when was it that you came to the States? When? What year?
1: Gosh, uh, 1995.
0: And that was to come to study at Berkeley? Yes,
1: correct. Um, Berkeley has an an unusually high number of international students. Even back then, they did a lot of marketing overseas. So they had a two-week, they called it a jazz clinic, uh, and uh, I always thought that was kind of a funny name for it, but uh, it drew a lot of students, and they had scholarship auditions. Um, I had no idea I was going to partake in one, but I was encouraged to do so. And when I did, it was announced at the end that I won a, a partial scholarship, and that that's what got me to Berkeley the next year.
0: So you know, I'm I'm curious. Growing up in Hungary, I don't, I have been to Hungary, but I don't know a ton about it other than. I spent a day in Budapest, and that's about it. Well, actually, I was there for a week, but that, that's a whole other thing. But I don't imagine it as being like where there's a ton of jazz happening a lot. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, when and how did you kind of become interested in jazz? You said you started as a classical pianist, and then like, is there is jazz like easily available, or lots of clubs in in Hungary, or?
1: Actually, there are. Oh, good. Be surprised. Uh, they, they kind of uh, well, if you if you've been to Budapest, you, you see that just about every building is like a, a hundred plus years old. So you might have walked past a jazz club and not even know it. You might have thought it was a museum. But uh, it's interesting. It's uh, w- Hungary used to be a communist country way back when. Uh, worst of it was in the fifties and sixties, and at that time even just listening to jazz could have gotten you to to serious trouble. Um, My piano teacher told me a story about how he was playing in a bar, played a few jazzy chords. uh, And apparently uh, the person who owned the bar uh, immediately called the, uh, the police who then came out and, and chased him through like cornfields or something. Now, I don't know how accurate the stories, but it's, I'm sure it has some, some truth to that. And, um, Later on, uh, you know, in my time, uh, mid '80s, um, I, I had teachers in my school who, when they found out that I started dabbling with jazz, uh, they would say, "Well, you know, uh, you, you that that's kind of nice. I mean, you're you're sort of a musician." So that that was kind of the vibe. However, uh, that's kind of rural Hungary. Now, Budapest is a pretty cosmopolitan city, so there was jazz readily available. I would say um, again you know from late 50s uh I'm sorry <laughs> late 80s on it it has become pretty mainstream the interesting thing is is that um back then a lot of people listening to jazz they were listening to uh, Keith Jarrett Paul Blay, no Miles Davis no Oscar Peterson <laughs> so it's kind of like okay but what happened to the first half of jazz history so it we kind of went we kind of skipped the whole bebop and swing era and it went right for modern that's the only difference that I would see. But in terms of interest, there's a lot of interest in jazz.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so that, And then um, what brought you here? So you came to the States to go to Berkeley. And then what brought you here to San Diego?
1: Well, actually, that, that was a completely personal reason. I, I met uh, my damn boyfriend um, in Boston. And uh, he got a job in San Diego. And I just followed him. And I'd, I actually got my uh, undergrad degree in film scoring. So not really knowing where I was going to go with this, I thought, well, at least I'm close to L.A. Maybe at some point uh, I'll I'll do some some composition, uh, you know, around. Uh, It never really materialized. I've done some local jobs. And uh, I did do that concert here a little while ago when we were doing movie music, which uh, I had a lot of fun with. But I ended up performing. And I find that it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, There's a pretty nice jazz scene here in San Diego.
0: Yeah, so you've played with a pretty wide variety of people here. Um, are there any, like, is there a particular setting or a particular style that you feel is kind of your thing or you feel most comfortable?
1: Well, yeah, it's, uh, w- when you go to jazz school, you know, you're kind of required to learn all styles. Uh, but that's a really good question because uh, I think I'm kind of at odds with a lot of the uh, majority of jazz players here in San Diego who really like to play hard bop. And they're my friends. And they would not say no for to a gig. But I have to say, if they called me to play bebop, I would say, you know, I, I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do fine. But that isn't necessarily what's closest to my heart. I, I, I kind of like uh, modal jazz, more modern sound. So that would be my preference if I was putting a show together. And uh, as far as the setting... I really love uh, quartets and quintets. I love working with horn players. It's just... um, I really have no particular reason why. I just happen to really like it.
0: Well, it does relieve some of the pressure off of you, I guess, because you have somebody else to play the melody. That's (laughs) That's
1: true. That's true. (laughs) I've gotten into trouble because of that. There are certain songs that I've been playing forever, and... And uh, then, then we did a trio, and I had to kind of like, wait, what's the melody again? <laughs>
0: As the song go?
1: I'm just gonna embellish it, and yeah. I'll call it improv.
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting because I'm similar in that I, well, I, I do. I think kind of modal stuff is really where I feel like that's for me. Speaking of that, you know, everybody has kind of their favorite performers, whether historical or modern. What are some? What are some of the players that you really?
1: Oh gosh. Um, I kind of the way I feel about that is is that I I can't say I have one particular artist I really am more uh, attracted to what the song sounds like, and so far I haven't found myself consistently liking one artist. Back uh, way back when in, in Hungary, I would listen to a lot of Oscar Peterson, but I'm not sure. I mean, I love his music. Don't get me wrong, but there wasn't as much jazz readily available to buy on CDs. Uh, there was a jazz station. Uh, they would uh, broadcast just a variety of, of players. Um, but like I said, I, I never became attached to one in particular. Uh, but if you, you know, when really pressed, I would say Oscar Peters. I love Wayne Shorter's music. Absolutely love Wayne Shorter. Um, so those would be the two that come to mind.
0: Yeah. Well, what about kind of jazz today like some modern stuff like are there what do you see going on like are there any people right now that you're kind of excited about what they're doing or do you see any directions that um, I don't know just do you have any thoughts on on modern jazz
1: well um, I don't want to sound too pessimistic but somehow it feels like uh, all these jazz giants, um, who are still performing today, uh, like Herbie Hancock, uh, Chick Corea. Uh, they are icons, and I have not yet seen or heard of anyone, like really, really recently, who ha- who has achieved that same musicianship. Uh, so obviously, these people are still working, and their music is is wonderful. Or or Wynton Marsalis, the Marsalis brothers. They they were performing at. Um, uh, gosh, I forgot the venue, but but I uh, I, I heard the band and they were just fantastic. But I'm not really seeing anybody who is as inspiring as these guys who's just starting out. I'm I'm can't think of anybody who, who would say like, oh yeah, you you're really gonna become super famous one day. The other thing is uh, that it seems like that, that a lot of performers are going for originality, which now it's not necessarily a bad thing but what happens in my opinion is that that becomes the main objective and sometimes that's at the expense of the content so it, it may be something that they think is wonderful just because they came up with it but it may not be something that as aesthetically pleasing to me to listen to like somebody like miles davis for example
0: sure so what about um what has been your experience playing here in san diego um are there any kind of like experiences that stand out to you as really meaningful? Oh since gosh. Since you've been here?
1: Lots. Uh Well, for one thing, it's uh it's a uh a fairly small jazz community compared to what you'd see in like New York City or even uh Boston thanks to uh Berkeley uh for the good and the bad of it. Uh and uh the good part is it's that you really get to know the people you play with. I mean, uh, I spent a few years when I was uh, in, in, in grad school uh, just trying to put myself out there and get to know people. And I went through that phase, um, which I think almost everybody goes through at some point. You you play well, but you're not well-known enough. And so people are kind of uh, apprehensive about hiring you because they don't know what, what you're going to get. And eventually that turns around and you're going to get the phone calls and everything. But... I remember I had to work really hard to break in. And um, thankfully, because we're a, sort of a, a, a small community, I don't have to try as hard anymore to hustle because I've been around enough. <laughs> I just talked to somebody, it uh, was a wonderful uh, bass player, uh, Justin uh, Grinnell at USD. Um, well, he teaches everywhere. And I haven't spoken to him in, I want to say, probably 10 years. And when I said, hey, it's Rika, I didn't have to reintroduce myself. He still remembered me. So,
0: That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes, um, especially in, in jazz, where there are often not, like, established bands, it's just kind of like a rotating group of people that they all kind of play with each other, but very few of them are actually, like, you know, dedicated to just playing with this one person or something. Um, it's nice that it is kind of small and also everybody's kind of my sense, at least, is that everybody's kind of working together, helping each other out, and there's not like a ton of cutthroat competitiveness amongst others. Now, maybe I'm missing that, but I don't, I don't sense that.
1: I, I'm sure there is. I mean, it, it's it, it, that's inevitable. But you're right. Yeah, it's it's certainly not. Uh, I've uh, I have had a lot worse experiences at, at Berkeley uh, at the times. So yeah, yeah, I would have to agree.
0: Good. So now I'm I'm curious about. Uh, as a female pianist, and well, just jazz musician in general, um, there aren't a lot, right? So has that has that been? Have you found that to be like a hindrance, or people not willing to, I don't know, take you seriously, or anything like that? What's that experience been like?
1: <laughs> well, depends on how you look at it. It could be a hindrance. It could be an advantage. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a loaded subject. I, when I was in Hungary, I was the only one uh, at the time not anymore um but you know um like one of the stereotypes uh definitely are there for female jazz musicians and everybody thinks we're all singers uh, i have had some experiences when i would go to a, a club um i would be the first one to arrive and so the bartender or the owner would say oh yeah the singer's here <laughs> so after a while you know i said okay you know what i'm just gonna go with this i'm gonna say yeah i'm the singer and i would start singing now you have—I don't think you've ever heard me sing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's dreadful. It really is. It's like Edith Bunker meets uh, Marge Simpson. <laughs> so I started singing, and they're looking at me, and like, oh my God, we're going to have to listen to her all night. Then I would say, okay, guess what? I'm the piano player, no singer. So that's definitely a, a, was a reoccurring experience. As far as um, being discriminated against, I mean, I would be lying if I said that it hasn't happened but interestingly it happens more from the people who are hiring me rather the people I'm playing with i mean uh good-natured kidding and everything uh you know that's that's kind of par for the course i grew up with two guys my mom passed away when i was uh, fairly little so um they didn't have much of a filter when it came to talking about women uh sometimes i have to like raise my hand and say hey hey female Um, But because of that, I've kind of, you know, I learned how to speak guy. And I seem to get along pretty well with my fellow musicians. They feel comfortable, you know. uh, But when it comes to hiring, I've certainly had experiences when I would go to a club with my bass player and we would be auditioning. And all the questions were directed at my bass player who would then redirect to me. So She's the band leader. And it wasn't until some a few gigs that we had there when I started feeling like, okay, finally they're treating me like the
0: band leader. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so you've lived in all over the world, really, uh, and you've gigged in all of these places. Um, is there anything particularly unique or challenging about being here? I mean, you mentioned that it's it tends to be, uh, it's kind mm-hmm. com- of small comparatively, the scene here, and that people are pretty supportive, but is there anything... Maybe I don't know, stylistically that's different about San Diego, or is there anything that's kind of unique here compared to say Boston or, or Budapest?
1: Well, I would say that the sheer size of the uh, jazz community, it being as, as small as it is, it is unique. Uh yeah, for the for better or for worse. Uh you know, there there will be some people who are so comfortable playing with a certain group of people that it takes quite a bit of convincing to let you in and it's not doesn't say anything about your ability it's simply uh just I don't want to say habitual uh, but but it's just a comfort their comfort level uh reliability is very important you know you want to work with somebody who you know is going to show up for the gig on time they're going to be prepared they you know actually practice and all and uh you know when there's a a new face you always kind of look at it a little tentatively and say okay how is it going to work out with this guy But um, the uh, nice thing is, though, like I said, it's exactly the same thing. You get to find your people that you're really comfortable working with, and chances are, you know, uh, they will be calling you for gigs, you're calling them for uh, gigs. So we kind of have each other's back. And that's wonderful, really. Couldn't ask for better.
0: Sure, sure. Um, So now how often do you perform? Like, you know, you play out at – different venues and clubs how often is that like once a week once a month
1: um well it's um i have i have two school-aged children and i also have quite a bit of students so i'm juggling performing with teaching and parenting guess which one is the hardest (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well. I have two kids as well, so I think I know. So you answer. don't even have to ask. <laughs>
1: I mean, just the sheer amount of time it takes to to take them to various events and to school, it takes away a lot. And so even if I have the time in the evening, uh, sometimes I would much rather just put my feet up than go to a gig. So I d- kind of uh, limited myself to once or twice a month. And I like to do gigs that either I'm in charge of, so I'm putting the, the uh, program together, or... Uh, we are casual, which requires very little to no rehearsal because we 're playing we 're playing stuff that we already know so that's that's kind of that 's what I would say once or twice
0: yeah so now you 're playing next week here at Cuyamaca college right?
1: yes i am
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so do you want to tell us a little bit about that show and kind of how that came about what you're what you 're up to with that
1: yes yeah, so well uh it's uh our uh, third event here and every time I wanted to do something a little different the first uh, concert we did here was the uh, kind of a blue note showcase the second one uh, which I'm forever thankful to you and to everybody else who participated because that was like my little baby and it took a lot of preparation that was the uh, one that uh, with the movie music when I combined digital with live this one is a trumpet showcase So uh, we're paying tribute to um, uh, four trumpet players, starting with Miles Davis, um, uh, art farmer Freddie Hubbard, um, and, uh, oh gosh, this is embarrassing if I don't remember. You know who. (laughs) Kenny Wheeler. Kenny Wheeler. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, so we're really uh, uh, going oh, through quite a bit of material, starting from a little bit more traditional uh, to a, a, a much more modern, modal type of tunes. So it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, and so, um, so that's going to feature Derek Cannon on yes. trumpet, right? He's going to put on his Miles hat and his <laughs> Freddie Hubbard hat and all that stuff. Right? And all of them, yeah. <laughs> well, well, and he's playing flugelhorn too, which is always great.
1: Yes, see he, he we actually did a, a a whole show with Flugelhorn, with with Derek that was the art farmer tribute uh and uh, derek you know, speaking of somebody you're really comfortable playing with i've known derek for for quite some time and uh uh actually it's kind of funny because when i first uh started kind of like um uh breaking in here in san diego uh i I heard Derek play with Richard Thompson and uh they were uh doing uh, uh some uh, spirituals, I believe. Uh, and I heard Derek play and I said, Oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. He'll never gig with me. And lo and behold... <laughs>
0: now you've done it. Well, at least here. This will be the third time yeah, here. I, oh, and let alone all the times you play with him outside. Of yeah.
1: He's right? a wonderful person to play with. A great person to work with. And he's very versatile, which is why I thought about him right away. He's actually one of those people who are going to be able to pull this off and, and wear that many hats and be able to do a great job. Yeah,
0: yeah so that concert's on uh, the next Thursday, which would be October 25th. Yes. Right, and that's here at Cuyamaca at 730 Mm-hmm. um so yeah everybody should yeah. come and, uh, and despite despite my presence in the band it's gonna be i was gonna i NBA was just show. i was
1: gonna joke about <laughs> that you've got a pretty pretty cool bass player too <laughs> uh,
0: which i've been able to play the three times you've mm-hmm. played here i've played with you which you yeah. know honestly that first time uh, i really was kind of dusting off my bass because i hadn't played in a long time especially jazz stuff really um, I, well it didn't yeah, show So I had, well, thank you um So it's been kind of fun to have that opportunity to come up over and over again because it's like I said, I used to play a lot and I just haven't. You know, teaching Mm -hmm. full time and everything is—it's hard to keep up. So don't forget the parenting. And yeah, well, that's a whole other job. Um, So yeah, that'll—I'm sure that'll be a great concert. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm
1: I'm really looking forward to it. it. Good.
0: Well, do you have anything else? Any like parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanna?
1: Gosh, I don't know. Keep on swinging.
0: Great. Well, thanks for being here. Um, thanks it's again. for a nice for having conversation. Me. Thank and, you. And uh, that's it. All right.